previously on Accounting High, aka Sons of CPAs. It became clear what my actual purpose was in life, what I really wanted things to look like. My purpose was really about advancing the accounting profession, helping modernize the profession in some way, shape, or form. A lot of it is about balance to find our purpose. Why did we start an accounting firm? We want to help people. How do we find our purpose? Let's yeah. do another hour show for that one then. <laughs> Your passion is for you. Your purpose is for others. Your passion becomes a purpose when you use it to serve others. Nobody's going to do this for you. Nobody is going to tell you what your purpose is. Nobody's going to figure that shit out for you. You got to figure that out. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? I repeat, may I have your attention, please? This is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Accounting High. The views and events expressed here are of the next generation of accounting and tech professionals leading this space. The events and suggestions are not to be taken lightly. Children should not partake in the listening of this podcast. Anything else? Yeah. So without further ado, introducing the star of our show, Nix McKenzie and Scott Scarano. We're going to have a problem here. What's up, Nix? What's up, Scott? You look very sporty today. Sporty? Ooh, yeah, I'm sporty spice. Today's episode of Accounting High, Nix Tips, Sons of CPAs, Pick Your Poison. Today's topic is purpose. And a lot of things I do are by accident or accidentally on purpose. A lot of my life has been accidentally on purpose, but this is a topic that's been on my mind. I've been telling you this is a P word. This was probably one of the first original P's that I listed, and I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. We've been doing this for seven months now, and I wasn't ready for it until we were in Lake Tahoe about a month ago, give or take. Mixed tips on products featuring LiveFlow. Go to liveflow.io slash sons. So we've got a LiveFlow user here on the line, Ms. Nicole McKenzie of Momentum Accounting. And she's going to tell us what's so great about LiveFlow, what she loves about it. It changed the game for you a little bit. Yes, I, I love it. I'll tell you how I'm using LiveFlow and what I like about it. So I'm using it for a handful of different use cases. <laughs> Automating month-end close, number one use case. So our process is that the bookkeeper or preparer goes in, does the month and close. So if you have a prepaid schedule, the prepaid schedule ties the balance sheet. You can automate anything in the GL detail. You can automate AP aging, AR aging. So my goal with the, the workbooks is so that whoever the accounting manager reviewer is can go in there and review a month and file in 15 minutes because the bookkeeper has done all the work and done their own self-check. So that's automation with an exclamation mark. 
Yes, it's pretty dope. <laughs> dope books. Dope books. Dope, okay. Dopebooks.com. Second use case. I built out a forecast in Google Sheets and the live data from no way. QBO comes in, right? The actuals. So I'm reviewing the accounting and we have to update something. You just literally hit the little button and it refreshes everything. So you can see the numbers change in front of you. That's true automation. We finally hacked it and did it. Like, it's so cool. Wow. You're a programmer. Yeah, I'm actually a paying user. So I actually pay Lifeflow to use the product. Yeah. It's the truth in advertising and the truth in product feedback. Go to liveflow.io slash sons. Liveflow.io slash sons. What are your thoughts on this topic? You didn't want to do this topic for the longest time. This is your topic. This is my topic. This is your topic. I'm not good so, about. You're not good about. Yeah. What? So tell me. So tell me what happened in Tahoe. Was there a moment? Partially, like sometimes the moments kind of happen, and then you look back on it in hindsight, like that was the moment. And sometimes you know it in the moment. This was one of those where I think I knew it in the moment, and I'm always weary of those. If you think you know something in the moment, and then time passes, and it doesn't materialize or something changes or you feel differently about it it's like these defining moments in our life they tend to just happen by accident with me and then you look back on it it's like you designed it to be that way anyway and you can see all the steps you get to to get there but let's kind of scope back and talk about why the hell and that's kind of probably your reaction to like why the hell where does this fit in purpose we're trying to talk about running a professional accounting firm here. We're trying to talk about being better managers, being better business owners, being better entrepreneurs. And it always starts with your core motivations. Sometimes I doubt myself and I get very self-conscious, but for the most part, I have leaned into, and you, you brought this out in me too, early days, you would say, what would Scott do? Like, I usually just say whatever comes to mind. And yeah, that was funny. I forgot that I used to say that. It's funny looking back at that now. But I, the you reason still I... still take that advice? I don't know if I still take that same advice. No, I would. You know what? What I always liked about you is that you always said what was on your mind. You weren't shy about it because we all have self-doubt, right? And people still love you and, and respect you. And that's the thing that they love the most about you is that you are so authentic and you literally will say whatever is on your mind. You're not hiding anything. And I realized that the people who really do like you aren't going to judge you. So the more you can be authentically yourself, the happier you're going to be. And you're going to be surrounded by people who like you anyway. And I can see with the podcast how much more confident you've become because it's you're sharing your ideas with the world and people like them and people are getting to know your personality, right? And so you're going to end up drawing people to you th that listen to the podcast that appreciate you for you. And you have this environment where you can just be you. And I don't have to try that hard 
I have set the bar for myself pretty fucking low as far as like <laughs> early days on this podcast. I didn't present myself like I knew everything. Like I know how to run the best accounting firm. Let me help you figure that out. Like that's how some people start out their podcast or start out their platform is let me teach you everything I know. Like I don't know anything. I'm trying to figure this shit out. And so that's what's comforting to me is that then when I do know something, I can come forward with that now because I never really felt that confidence with Ackerman on. He always made me feel like shit. He always made me feel like I didn't know anything and he still does. He's the biggest judge of me and of, of anything on this podcast, especially because he's the harshest critic in, for the most part. Blake's a pretty harsh critic too. Don't tell him I said that, but he'll probably hear this. <laughs> Blake's a pretty harsh standards. critic too, but I, yeah. I like his high standards and I always try to meet his standards. I don't necessarily always try to meet Ackerman's standards because his standards are maybe high for him, but they're definitely not high brow at all. <laughs> this is not about bashing Ackerman. I love Ackerman. So, <laughs> like your abu abusive spouse, it's verbally abusive. abusive. It really is. But back to this, I'm I'm veering off here. So, as time passes, as a business owner, you start to realize your anxiousness or anxieties for me at least around the business and and work just felt like work and it was hard and i was so glad to be done with it and i didn't even know why i was doing it i was growing the firm to be big because that's what everybody told me i should do that's how i thought i was supposed to do this i, I need to grow to two million now that i'm a million right you kind of figure out what you should do through the advice of others early on, at least I did. And maybe I was taking the wrong advice. Maybe I surrounded myself with the wrong people, but eventually started to figure out a thing or two and realize, yeah, I do need to make money. I do want to make money, but it's not about money. Like it's, that's where I, I started saying it's about money until it's not. You got to really figure out what's going to make you happy all around. I'm reading a book right now that Dave Olson suggested to me after Accounting Salon. Shout out to Dave Olson at Nimble. It's, I uh, think, like a monk. It's by a guy named Jay Shetty. And I've been reading this since I got to Mexico, and I just finished a chapter. And every paragraph I read in this chapter was like, oh, this would be perfect stuff to talk about on tomorrow's episode. I was reading this last night tomorrow's episode we're going to talk about purpose and all of these this is all alignment and then i look at the title of the chapter and the title of the chapter is purpose and it, the entire chapter basically lays out how to find your purpose now i have been talking about this and trying to find out i wish i had this fucking guide a year ago two years ago then it would have sped fast forwarded me to get to where we're at now so this is like an infomercial on instagram they're like going 30 minutes of like this one thing you can do to make yourself look younger and i'm waiting for the <laughs> waiting for it yeah I'm, I'm doing that on purpose too because i want to keep you at the building the edge of your seat. i'm trying to become a better storyteller <laughs> i've always been telling stories it was like i always want people to listen to me and you only listen when you want to get to the end and you want to hear the end so let me let me scope back in and scope back out living in your dharma is a certain route to fulfillment that sounds like a wishy-washy monk type thing to say, right? Like a, a yoga guru, like living in your dharma. And, and I kept reading this chapter, like it's talking about dharma. It's the combination of your passion, your skills, 
your compassion, and your usefulness. It's where they all intersect. Well, let's go through that again. Passion, passion, skills, compassion. And usefulness, yeah. I'll show you the graphic here. And it's for our listeners. That's exactly what I thought I was going to look like. Yeah. You should. The circles. That's like uh, Liz Mason talks about that vagina of amazingness. The vagina of amazingness where yeah, everything intersects. That that's that's like, basically what this is. Yeah. Um, this is Liz's vagina of amazingness. Think about a, a Venn diagram, like where things overlap. That's where your mm -hmm. passion and your excellence overlap, right? That's your vagina of amazingness. And I want everyone focusing on being in their vagina of amazingness. Shout out to Liz and Jay Shetty. They should do a, um, something together. So you can't be anything you want, but you can be everything you are. And that's speaking to, you can't just say, I'm going to do that. Like, I can't just say, I'm going to be a rapper. I'm going to make millions of dollars being a rapper. And that's where I'm going to buy my chains and do all that shit. I can't, I can't just do that. But you can find out what's your thing, what's your skill, what's the one thing that you're good at, what's something that you have a, a knack for that you, you know, how do you find a way to merge your work life with your love life? Oh, not love life, but life life, the things that you love to do. And how do you blend those together? And that's where you have the people that are really thriving. They have found their purpose. They found their, their meaning in life. Recognizing your own gifts and using them to contribute to the world. How do you live in that every day? Because there is no work-life balance with that. Everything is everything. You're embodying everything when you are, you're 100% present because you're loving what you're doing when you're at home, when you're at work, when you're with your friends, you know, everything that you're doing is serving that greater purpose. It's, it's part of you, right? I was going to say, I think we're lucky that we're in a position where we can do that. Whereas growing up, I don't know about you, but my parents went to work. My mom worked at a school at the front desk. And then my dad worked at the newspaper company. But for them, work was work. Like they didn't enjoy going to work. <laughs> the first thing my dad did when he got home was open up the Coors Light. <laughs> and they definitely weren't living out their passion. But I think now the world has changed a lot where we actually can do both. And I started out just like you at a CPA firm and found myself. I remember I had this moment where I it was like in the middle of tax season. It was like nine o'clock at night and the managing partner, not my, one of the partners was still there. I was in the cube and he was in the office next to me. And I was like, man, so even if I make it to partner, I'm still going to be here until nine o'clock doing this shit. The funny thing is last night I was working till nine o'clock, but I was doing something fun. Like I was building out these like cool dashboards and reach reporting and I enjoyed it. Like I was doing it because I wanted to. And looking back, I now realize that like he came in skipping around like he loved doing taxes. He would be the first person there and the last one to leave. But for me, that wasn't my passion. That 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 wasn't what I was meant to do. And I didn't know it at the time. And for me, I just thought that work was something you did and you you went to and you hated it and you made your money and then you had your own personal life as well. But now after I found running a business and realizing how much it aligns with my passion 
for sports and just being an overall high achiever for always wanting more and doing better and learning. At the time, I didn't know that that's what I needed. Yeah. Well, you've got a growth mindset, so you're continually learning. You're you're an ever learner. You know, you've never presented yourself like you know it all. You do know a thing or two, but you're always asking the right questions and sharing the right insights. And you're always very inclusive, too. So, and that works. Like, I like people like that. I like to surround myself with people like that because there are some people that are very closed-minded and what everybody else is doing is either competition or is wrong because I'm doing it right. Closing yourself off to new things, to the world. So... Next part of this chapter goes into quadrants of potential. You may have heard this. People may have gone over this in different ways. I feel like I've seen it before, but there's the first quadrant, skill and no passion. That is the person who is working that job that they're good at, very skillful, but they despise it. They're doing it just to get paid, and they think that's what they're supposed to be doing. Like You got to work to provide for your family so you can go on that trip. Third quadrant, so the third quadrant's right below the first, and this is kind of how he presents them too, is no skills and no passion. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Don't do that, right? Like, yeah, not the right job for you. Definitely not. The fourth quadrant, if we're going around counterclockwise in this, is no skill but passion. That would be like <laughs> me with golf, maybe. I'm not even passionate yeah. about golf anymore. And then the second one is skill and passion. So finding that is living in that true space, right? How can we move more toward that? Do they talk about money in any of that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah can yeah, you have skills and passion but may have no money? Make yeah, no we money? get there. We, we get there too. But reflecting back, I was working a lot at the firm, but I enjoyed the work. What, what happened with me was as I got out of the work, I did not enjoy running a business or managing people and dealing with the day-to-day -day of clients and all of that when it's just the business because then there's nothing tactile. There's nothing that I can use a skill set and actually work on and do something. Basically, I felt like I was reacting to everything. And I wasn't doing very well at it for the most part. And this is all like last year too. The way I was reacting to things just last year as I was doing the podcast and also trying to run the firm I was trying to run away from all that too. I didn't. I couldn't have it both ways. I can't do a podcast that I'm supposed to be having fun with and enjoying myself, and then deal with all this bullshit at the firm, right? I, I had like two separate lives, and I wasn't that good at this podcast stuff either. I don't, still don't think I'm that good. I'm still learning, still figuring out what the what the message is, right? What the purpose? What's the purpose of this purpose podcast? So, as I start to learn more and get off of the peak of Mount Stupid, get out of the valley of despair. I'm at some level, a plateau of pleasantness right now. I'm at a plateau of, of passion, of purpose. The plateau of purpose. And I'm kind of like coasting, right? I'm trying to figure out what all this is, but I know what the purpose is. So let me go back to the book now. There's one exercise in here. Do you like your job? I'm going to ask you these. You can answer, right? Do you like your job? Do you love yes. your job? Yes. Okay. 
Are you good at your job? I think so. Do other people need and appreciate your work? Yes. Yes. Is your greatest skill or passion outside of your work? Hmm. Probably not. I like that answer. Because then the next question is, what is it? No, I think work is. I mean, outside of work, sports, golf, friends, traveling. But if I have a free day with nothing to do, I'm probably going to end up working. Yeah. Do you dream of making it your work? Which, I mean, I, I feel like we're at the phase where these questions are, you know, not as meaningful as if we were, you know, in that different situation, right? Do you think this is an attainable dream? Do you think there might be ways you can bring your passion to your work? Write down any ideas you have for bringing your passion to the universe. Um, there's another test to like another test in here to kind of figure out like how you answer the questions leads you to four different types of people. And he defines them as leaders, creators, guides, mm -hmm. and makers. And I've kind of defined who these people are in my life to figure out who I am because I answered it. And I, I fell between a creator and a leader, kind of. like, And I, I definitely feel like I am, sometimes in my life I want to be a leader, but sometimes I feel more comfortable just being the creator. So, well, sometimes they're not mutually exclusive because not, when you're creating yeah, right. things, people will follow you. So you become a leader without intending to. Leader's a tough one to really fully embody all around. Um, so I'll get to the leader one. The leader's like the, one of the last ones that we go into, but creators, originally they were merchants, business people. Today, they're marketers, salespeople, entertainers producers, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. So yeah, leaders can be both for damn sure. We'll get to there. The so skills, if you're a CEO, you're probably a creator. Yeah. Skills are brainstorming, Makes networking, sense. and innovating. They make things happen. They can convince themselves and others of anything. They're great at sales and negotiating and persuasion. Highly driven by money, pleasure, and success. Very hardworking and determined. <laughs> Excel in trade, commerce, and banking. Always on the move. Work hard, play hard. Like that fucking describes me yep, to it. That's see. me. <laughs> that's you too. Hundred like percent me. A thousand. There's no in between. <laughs> yeah. Now I always There's kind no of chill. Yeah. Right. And so, but it's for me, I like I wanted to see myself as a leader always before this, and I realized, you know what? I'm not comfortable being a leader. I tried to put myself in the shoes because of my ego, because of my pride, because I wanted to make somebody else proud. I wanted to be that leader. That's why I was like, I'm running an accounting firm. I have a team. I want to keep growing the team. I want to become a better leader. I want to take these leadership classes and learn. But I'm most comfortable as if somebody else has planned everything. I'm realizing that too. As, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, I don't want to plan anything. I don't want to make a decision. I don't want to be the one that has to make the decision. I want to, I want somebody else to like my decision or like what I decided to do. But if they don't like it, 
then I want to change it to, you know, and I, I want to make everybody happy. Like I want every, like if I plan something and there's a couple of people there that didn't enjoy it, that brings me down and I feel <laughs> worthless. Like, I feel like I let everybody down if I let a couple of people down. Um, <laughs> well, sometimes you can create too. something. If you can create something, people will come. And yeah. then whoever the natural leader is will step up. Like for me, Ashley now, she runs all the team meetings and I'm much more comfortable sitting in on the meetings, not actually leading them. Yeah. But I created that, right? You did. Mode of ignorance for creators to become corrupt and sell things with no value, to lie, cheat, steal, to sell something. Now, let me back up and say, I've done all of those things. I've lied, I've cheated. Wait, hold on, stole. sorry. I'm... This is a mode of ignorance. This is the negative for creators? Yeah, for creators. There's, there's the like three phases. There's three phases. The lie, mode of steal. ignorance, okay. the mode of impulse, and the mode of goodness. So I can see this in my life. As, as I learned, as I grew, as I became a better person, I, I shed my skin of these different phases, right? But early days, oh God, I definitely lied, cheated, and stole in a lot of ways. And I could go through all those stories another day. But beaten down by failure is another one. And burned out, depressed, moody, due to overwork. All of those, I've, I've phased that in and out of my life for damn sure. Mode of impulse for creators. Status driven. And mode of impulse is sort of like the mid middle level. Status driven, dynamic, charismatic, and captivating. Hustler, goal-oriented, and tireless. So, you know, some of those are seen as good things. Charismatic, dynamic, captivating tireless and status driven i don't know so much but that's i mean i still feel like i embody a lot of those things most of the time mode of goodness so this is where we have to get to right and this is where i feel like i'm still getting there i don't think i'm in goodness yet use money for the greater good create products and ideas that make money but also serve others and provide jobs and opportunities for others i feel like we're there i'm not necessarily using money for the greater good, but I feel like I'm there for the other ones. How about you? Yeah, I feel like I'm close to that one. I guess you could say we're creating things for the greater good by helping small businesses grow and therefore hire more people and give people some sort of financial stability creating more jobs, creates more wealth for, for people, for the greater good, right? Yeah. So for me, I think that the firm, for the most part, is serving the purpose of money, me making money. I do want to help people, but my passion where I really want to help people is to learn from my mistakes, and that's doing this podcast. That's helping people that are like me do better than I did learn from like this is what i always wanted was a feed of real people doing real things and how they did it and being transparent and authentic about it too and not just feeding you a line of bullshit i think we get that a lot on here with our guests is we yeah. learn what didn't work we learn what worked we learn what they're trying out but yeah. that's education 
right? Like it's, I want to entertain. Like that's my, that's the whole mode of impulse is to entertain, but creating something that serves others. That's what this is. Not really make, I, I think it can make money. I think this, this whole platform could definitely make money. It's proving that it can, but that's not the point. I didn't spend thousands of hours last year doing this to make money. Like the ROI on that wasn't great, but <laughs> making five bucks an hour. Maybe. A maybe if I tabulated <laughs> all the hours, might be less. So we do have others here. Makers. And especially for listeners, I think a lot of listeners are gonna um fall into I don't know. I mean it's you know, I want to interact with listeners more. I gotta figure out how to do that. Uh, so any listeners you got ideas of ways that we can all interact real time because nobody listens to this and goes and says something on LinkedIn. But um Does anybody I was thinking about maybe uh, we could do live Clubhouse the other day. Does anybody use Clubhouse anymore or did that just all die? I think Clubhouse is gonna turn into Twitter spaces or like I don't know about LinkedIn Live. I, I see that and I was thinking of we should probably yeah, think about doing Live that. was a bust. Was it? Okay. LinkedIn Live was a bust, and so was LinkedIn Stories. Okay. Well, those are busts. Twitter's testing something out, and I could kind of see people in their spaces, I think is what it's called. Everyone wants to listen to things on their own time. They don't want to show up to something at a certain time. That's why we got a podcast. So, makers are artists, musicians, creatives, writers. I would like to be a maker. I really would like to be an artist, musician, creative, or writer. They're social workers, they're therapists, yeah. they're doctors, they're nurses, they're COOs, they're heads of human resources, they're artists, they're musicians, they're engineers, they're coders, they're carpenters, they're cooks. Their skills are inventing, supporting, and implementing. They are, the makers are like the integrators and the creators are like the visionaries Yeah, in a lot of ways. Their mode of ignorance is depressed by failure. They feel stuck and unworthy and anxious. Their mode of impulse is explore and experiment with new ideas, juggle too many things at a time, lose focus on expertise and care, focus more on money and results. And their mode of goodness is driven by stability and security, generally content and satisfied with the status quo, choose meaningful goals to pursue. And they work hard, but always maintain balance with family best right-hand man or woman, lead team gatherings, support mm -hmm. those in need, highly skilled at manual professions. So most of these you can highlight in this. If you're a creator, you want to find a maker at your firm. And we can go into the whole visionary integrator combinations, but they're explosive. They're, they're great. You should check it out. I think you've got that with Ashley. I've got that with Chris. Yeah. There's no, it's game-changing. It's game changing. I did see Blake as a guide. I'll read what guide mm. is. And, and it's, yeah. I'm pretty much describing him when I read guide. Guides are interesting. So guides originally and today are teachers, guides, gurus, coaches, and mentors. Mm. Their skills are learning, studying, sharing, knowledge, and wisdom. So... Blake has always explained and described himself as somebody that always was learning, always reading, always learning more. 
This is what he does every single week with the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I mean, he does most of the research. He reads all the articles and they talk about everything that he's done that week. Like he's digesting information for us to learn so we don't have to read it, right? That's how yeah. I always No, that takes a lot of time. And you kind of have to like fact check it and make sure you have your um like your own thoughts about it, then also Well, we're sure we're legit. thinking of how hard that would be for us. We could never do that because that's not who we're supposed to no. be, right? Like this that's what about finding your purposes, right? Like a coach, a mentor, no matter what role they play, they value knowledge and wisdom more than fame, power, money, and security. They like having space and time to reflect and learn. They like to work alone. They enjoy intellectual pursuits in their spare time, like reading, debate, discussion. They want to help people find meaning and fulfillment and purpose. That is Ryan Lozanis too. I'm describing Blake and Ryan Lozanis. Those are people, two people I know that this definitely um, applies to. Their mode of ignorance is they don't practice what they preach, they don't lead by example, and they struggle with implementation. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call anybody out on any of that, but we'll uh, go to the mode of impulse, is they love to debate and destroy others' arguments. And they yep, that's use, totally Blake. <laughs> yeah, they use knowledge for strength and power, and they're intellectually yep. curious. And their mode of goodness is use knowledge to help people find their purpose. They aspire to better themselves in order to give more. And they realize knowledge is not theirs to use alone, but that they are here to serve. So earmark. That's what that is. Like that's, that's his magnum opus at this point, right? Spreading knowledge through the ears. I love it. <laughs> Leaders are originally, now this is, I want to just say, every time I think leader, I think Kenji. I don't know if that's going to be the case on this, but let me hear yet. Let me hear your reactions to this. Originally, kings and warriors. <laughs> no, no, <not> Kenji. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Today, military, <laughs> justice, law enforcement, politics. No, that's not Kenji. I don't know. That's not Kenji. Um, definitely not law enforcement or politics. I don't know. Maybe politics. Maybe he had, had another life. Skills. Governing, inspiring, engaging others. So, yeah. I sometimes like the inspiring part, but I think every one of these people, every one of these buckets of people can be inspiring because if you see a good creator or somebody... So, Kenji, I think, is a creator, too. But if you see yeah, a creator I, that inspires you, they are inspiring. They may not necessarily, like, they, that may be why, like, there could be guides that are also leaders, too. But I yeah, think guides that might be leaders. like, leader might be, I think leader might be like Ron Baker. So, or no. Here's the thing. Or is he more of a guide? Leaders and guides are the dynamic combination for power and influence and the creator maker is like to run a very good business, I think. But that leader guide combination is like the a very good political duo of like the person that's the smart one behind the scenes that knows everything, that's feeding most of the information. And then you got the charismatic leader. That could be pretty explosive. So natural leaders of people, movements, groups, and families. 
They directed by courage, strength, and determination, protect those who are less privileged, led by higher morals and values, provide structures and frameworks, like to work in teams, great at organization, focus, dedication to a mission. Mode of ignorance, give up on change due to corruption and hypocrisy, develop a negative pessimistic viewpoint, lose moral compass, and drive for power. Mode of impulse, build structures and frameworks for fame and money, use their talents to serve themselves and not humanity, focus on short-term goals for themselves. I have seen this in a lot of those documentaries, the WeWork guy, the Uber one, the Theranos one, you know, they all of them came out at the same time. They all basically did similar things to that. The mode of goodness, fight for higher morals, ethics, and values, inspire people to work together and build long-term goals to supply society. So all that being said, these are things maybe in my life, at least, I would aspire to do be something like a guide or a leader. I don't think I naturally fall into those categories, but I always thought I could. It's like it's kind of like it when early when I said you can't be anything. You can't be anything you want to be. But you can be you 100. That's not a, the exact quote. So So how does knowing who we are out of those four help us find our purpose? It's a great question. It's important to understand that. Going back to Lake Tahoe, I realized that the best I can offer is a good time. I know how to have fun. Like, I, it's not that I know how to have fun. It's that I have learned the hard way when being serious matters, when being fun matters, when being professional, when being a professional. But everybody is too serious. I've been saying this since I was a kid. Why so serious? Why are you so serious? Why is everybody being so serious? Like, why can't we have a little bit more fun? And I've always been able to kind of delicately balance that to a situation that it tends to people are either smiling or laughing in the end and they're they're glad that they unbuttoned their top button right i mean at, at mm-hmm. carbon x i'm walking around with a backwards hat and a t-shirt and everybody's got their suit jackets on and they're <laughs> kind of stuffy and somebody pulled me aside and he was wearing a hat later in the day and he said i saw you wearing your hat and i had to go back up to my room and grab my hat because i didn't know why I was even by buttoning myself up. Like if it was just one other person that could notice that and it could, you know, they, they could unbutton. Like I felt like at first, you know, I didn't even notice that I was different than anybody else, that I was wearing anything different. I had no idea until somebody else brought that to my attention. So that's okay. But I think most of the reason why we're serious is because we're so worried about what somebody else is going to think if we do different or if we just do us some people maybe are comfortable in that suit and definitely keep it on i prefer you wear it if you're comfortable with it 
but wear something that you're comfortable. Unless they, I mean, they even told us yeah. it was black tie for the dinner, and I wore a t-shirt with a chain and a jacket, and it was somebody else's jacket, but it was black and white, and, and I wore the right colors, and I wore red. <laughs> you wore red. I know. See, that was that's the thing. I, I love that because it's all about colors to me. Whenever they say whatever you have to do, I I saw black tie and white, so I made sure I brought black or dark jeans and a white t-shirt and i could say i I got the colors down but that wasn't really the the instructions yeah that's why i wanted you to wear the red one though when it's that you stood out right everybody else was wearing black and white you're wearing red so that was cool but i've always been the one to try to be different too like i sometimes i go a little too far out of my way to try to be different or to try to poke fun at something or mess with the rules, like, or try to break the rules or bend them to see how far you can bend them before they break or what happens if they even break. <laughs> like, that has just been my mode of operation. And I'm never out to harm anybody. I'm never out to hurt anybody doing that. That's just how I've done it. Has that ever backfired on you? Like, taking it yeah. too far or have well, you ever gotten any negative feedback? Well, yeah. I mean, every, every time I got plenty of times that that happened but that's where it's kind of by accident and then on purpose so accidentally on purpose it's always like to like every time zachary says you shouldn't say that on the podcast or somebody else like (laughs) says you shouldn't leave that in there like or don't do that or my mom will tell me not to do something like usually then i run into that direction and continue doing it or why would he say that like all of those things like i'm just trying to figure out What's socially unacceptable? What's going to really alienate me? Right. Like, what could I say that would really, <laughs> really alienate me? And I don't know if I have any thoughts like that in my head. Maybe, maybe some, but. What line can I cross today? Yeah. What line can I cross today that won't? So it's balancing between being socially acceptable and growing a social platform or following and people accepting you more than generally. Like, there's only a certain percentage of people that are going to really like everything you do, like you said. And that's a lower percentage. So some of it is buttoning up and yeah. finding the right balance. I was going to say it's knowing your audience, but when you create your own audience, then you can say whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's there you go, too. The, the, that's part of the flow of this is I want the audience to be broader. I want them to still appreciate and have some takeaways from this and learn but also not judge it every time too. Like some people, the second they turn something on or they listen to somebody, they're judging it immediately. Maybe they're judging themselves. Maybe they're judging others, but I want this to be free of judgment. So if you're 45 minutes into this episode, you're not fucking judging this. Either way, let's get back to the purpose of this. So figuring out, once I figured that stuff out and I'm more more comfortable in my own shoes, then I can help others, right? It goes back to the get yourself figured out, check check your mask, make sure you can breathe freely. As I've been meditating more, I've become a better breather. I've been more relaxed, less anxious. I have more composure and more calm because I know and I understand what matters and what doesn't. Like before I could help anybody else, I had to figure that shit out for myself too. And now I feel like I'm more present around my team. 
and I care more about what is going on, what the issue is and how I can help rather than avoiding responsibility or avoiding anything that would require more work because I actually do care now. And it started with, we're more profitable, so we're making more money, so I'm less resentful of everything that's going on. But <laughs> when, I, when I said we lost people- Times are good. Times are good right now, right? Like, but we lost two people recently, but we needed to. We, were, we had too many people as it is. I can't just get rid of people, but we overhired. I didn't fill it with enough work because they couldn't handle it. When you turn the hose on and you're sending them too much work, then everybody feels too busy, right? Like if you take on too, much, too many clients and everybody's onboarding, it almost feels like you have double the work. Once all that onboarding stops and everything kind of... Because you do. <laughs> you just double the work. You basically do have double the work, yes. But once all that kind of yeah. settles, yeah. We only then have... you realize your capacity again too. We've definitely talked about this, but like we have enough capacity. We're right now at the point where we did just hire another VA. So we, we're back to 10 people, but three of them are in the Philippines. And our nice. margins are fucking beautiful. And they're doing, everybody's doing great. My VA is in the Philippines and he's doing our show notes now. And he's doing a great job. Nice. Yeah. I'm starting to merge all that shit together now. This is where I'm getting to the purpose. Like I'm now, I said this in Carbon X to you and we were with Mary. Is it yeah. Mary? No. Is it Mary? She was awesome. Shout out Mary to Mary Delaney. Delaney. Yeah, Delaney. She was so dope. Yeah. I loved her. Well, listen, Mary Delaney. Yeah, she was the, she's the CRO. Shout out to Mary. We were sitting with her. And oh, the HR guy, I'm gonna forget who his name is, but he was awesome too. So Yeah. Carbon has a lot of cool people that work for them. Like they've got a good culture. They have a great culture. They're the apple of my eye. I've said it before. So I realized I just want to bring the fun back. It like felt it felt right in the moment, but also as as I trailed out as I'm reading this, like I do like that creative side. I like to create something new. I like to do new things. I get bored pretty easily. I'm just very distractible. I need that maker alongside me. But all along the way, I am just trying to have some fun. Like, can we do this in a fun way? Because I'm too bored. Like, whenever Ackerman gets too taxi and talks too much about the like, <laughs> details of tax... I get bored. Like, let's let's have some more fun. <laughs> and that's what people like. People appreciate the that we don't take ourselves that seriously, that we have fun on here. And that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. That's what I'm going to try to do with my firm. That's what I want to do with our marketing. That's what I want to do with our business is let's bring some fun back into this. And also some purpose. You cannot work every day without feeling. And it's not just passion. Passion could be blind sometimes too. Passion could take you in the wrong direction. It's passion without purpose is, you know, that, that could lead you down a dark path or the wrong path or that, uh, what was it? The passion without skill, right? I didn't even mean to bring that one up. Um, that one where you suck at everything? <laughs> suck at everything, yeah. <laughs> you suck and you hate it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's your okay. responsibility to find this. Nobody's going to do this for you, right? Nobody is going to tell you what your purpose is. Nobody's going to figure that shit out for you. You got to figure that out. 
Okay, so I have a question. So now that, so your purpose is bringing the fun back. So now when you do anything, are you always thinking about how do I incorporate fun of that? Are you leading with that now? Did that change your life knowing that that was your purpose? That's a great question because of the answer is I don't have to try at all because it's what I naturally am inclined to do anyway. And that is when you find it. So that's the whole, your responsibility. Like, and I, and I was, I've been really forcing it for a long time, trying to figure it out, moving on to this or trying to figure out what I want to do next or here, you buy my accounting firm or you do, you know, it's like, once you do figure it out, it's the subconscious, the accidental decisions I always made that were on purpose was because it was my subconscious kind of leading the way or like the dummy brain, whatever brain, like it's, but when you could marry that and your drive and your vision, what you're going toward, you do have to check it. And you definitely do. Like, I definitely do have to make sure and, and ask some questions again and make sure, is this really going toward or am I just convincing myself that this is moving in that march forward but finding your purpose and living in that does really have to mean that you're naturally able to do it at any time and you don't have to really force it and convince yourself always that you're doing what you love like I sometimes I used to have to tell myself yeah, I do really love doing this. I don't know why I'm second guessing this. And I, I have to convince myself again that this is what I wanted, you know? Well, the nice thing is that you were able to get yourself in a financial situation where you could explore some of your passions. And unfortunately, that's part of the gig, right? When you first graduate from college, you have to go get a job, you have to go grind, you have to put the work in. So, you can't expect to just come out of college and get a job that you're passionate about necessarily or find your life purpose in the first few years. It's really about... If you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. Like, you do have to put in the work and explore and figure out what it is that you like. And also, I think that your purpose can change over time, where depending on where you're at in your life, right? Yes. So it's really just about doing things and then figuring out what you do and don't like. And then as you evolve as a person combining mirroring all the things that you're passionate about but it, well like you're lucky if you're in a financial mindset. situation yeah it's that growth mindset but the financial that's why i said early on the first episode it's about money until it's not and that was my drive was to get to that point where i had the freedom of time and the freedom of of spirit like i really do feel like i'm a free spirit right now i know that sounds hippie you know but I'm, I'm pretty much a free spirit because I'm free from my own judgment. Well, also free freedom of your mind. If you're thinking about something else all the time, running the business, you don't have that time and space to be creative and think about these other things. We so got that. You need so, time. So and Chet said need. that yesterday. Shout out to Chet uh, Buckman. He's we Ackerman asked him what's one piece of advice you would give to other accountants, and he said, "Open your mind." If you had one piece of advice to give other CPA firm owners, what would that piece of advice be? Open your mind. It's possible. So as you envision kind of like 
Scott, we were talking about the ideal day, the ideal firm, the ideal work life. You can have your cake and eat it too. It's not easy, but it's possible. I loved it because Ackerman didn't get it. <laughs> Definitely didn't get it at first. And, and his mind kind of exploded. But then he went on and he said, you know, create that extra space. And then it started to sound like how, what Ron Baker was saying on his episode too. As fast as people change their minds. If you want innovation and creativity, I need to be able to put my feet up on the desk and read a book and stare out or stare out into the sky. Try and do that in a CPA firm. I'd be sitting at my desk like after lunch or something in my cubicle and a manager or a partner would walk by and I'd have my feet up and I'd be reading a book and they'd say, Baker, what are you doing? I'm reading this book. And he said, don't you have anything to do? Yeah. Well, what are you doing? I'm reading this book. Create extra space. And, and we talked about this in our team meeting today too. So I love that you said it because that's true. You need to open your mind to rethink your life, your purpose, but not just that, how you do everything. It, is the way you're doing it the most efficient and most effective? Is there a better way to do this? So that bank rec that you're working on, that tax return, you know, your process, rethink your processes, rethink your technology, rethink your tools, review, everything open your mind i love it so he says once you have a sense of your dharma it's up to you to set your life right if we're not always going to be in a place or a situation where others recognize our dharma bend over backwards to help us as we all have experienced at one time or another bosses don't always tap into their employees potential mm-hmm I agree with that 100%. We will never live in an idyllic world where everybody constantly lives in their dharma with occasional pauses for their bosses to call and ask if they're truly fulfilled. It's our responsibility to demonstrate and defend and define our dharma. And that dharma is our purpose. A person that isn't living it is like a fish out of water. You can give the fish all the riches in the world, but it'll die unless it's returned to the water. Right? I'm in the water right now. I'm swimming. And that's because I'm doing something that I feel like I'm reasonably good at and I can make money doing it. And that's both like running an accounting firm and this podcast. Like that's both of them now. And that's why I'm like very passionate, but also trying to sharpen my sword and get better at it too. Be a fish in the water. Passion in service of others. Your passion is for you. Your purpose is for others. Your passion becomes mm -hmm. a purpose when you use it to serve others. That's why I wanted to talk about purpose. We can go into passion after because that's what Kenji wanted to talk about when I asked his help for picking the P today. And he picked the P out of that one. He said, passion, partying, and what was the others? I gave you a few of them, but I said, pain, 
pleasure, pain. pleasure, passion, ah, yes, 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 yes. partying. Let me have something else in there. And then Scott sent those to me, and I oh, said, so, this is the wrong podcast. That sounds like a sex podcast. Next Kenji episode, we can talk about passion, but passion without purpose is selfish. Okay, so passion is for you, purpose is for others. Interesting delineation. What comes to your mind? Why, why did that strike you as interesting? I just never really thought about it. I guess I figured they were like one and the same. Like you do what you're passionate about because it's your life purpose. But really purpose is about, like you said in the beginning, combining what your passion, combining your passion with what you're good at and what is useful. And then I don't know where compassion comes in, but compassion's a word in there as well. Compassion is, the, <laughs> that's, that's good for your next rhyme or your next flow. Uh, work that because they'll compassion never goes out of fashion it, well i don't know i mean compassion doesn't never go out of fashion yeah you're right so there's something to be said about the passion is for you the purpose is for others like if you're really passionate about something is it like that's where money comes in that's where money is the equator of a lot of this because if other people are getting value for it then they're going to pay for it and so you could be very passionate mm, yeah. about something and very passionate about it, but it won't make any money because it's not serving anybody else but yourself. But when you mix that with you're passionate about something you're doing for others, which is your work, should be, your work should be something that you're passionate about because then that's when you're really going to have some fulfillments. And, and that's why some people don't have work-life balance because they love their job too much. So, and maybe they don't love their life because they love the job too much and they don't have a balance in that. So it's about finding all aspects of your life that you can appreciate, love, and do for others and yourself at the same time. And that's, that's the purpose. And I found a lot of it by accident. It all happened to happenstance. It's not like I read this book and then went through and took all the steps Every time I tried to read a book and follow the steps on how to do something, it never fucking worked. That's, that was my example to you too. Like whenever I tried to follow the rules on how to go somewhere and do something, never, ever, ever does it work out. <laughs> For me, at least. Like I always bent the rules to get to the finish line quicker and it still didn't work out, obviously. You know, you, you can't be a hedonist. You can't like... You know, I, I was selling fun when, when I was in college. Like, I did want to have fun, but I was selling it. Literally. I, was, I found my purpose then, but that is not, that was not the right way to go. That was not the direction anybody should go in. But that was like, you know, I definitely found my purpose early days. I just wasn't using it and serving others with it. I was serving others quite literally. But I've used this analogy like with Zach. At the same time, Zach was serving others by serving the word of God door to door. I was not going door to door, but I was serving others. I was serving the word of the devil, right? Now I'm just serving the word <laughs> of the people. I'm just serving the word of the people, right? So that's the peak I of mountain. Feel, I feel like this is my turn. I feel like a counting eye might turn into a coal. You think that? It's like, you're the platform. This is where it all begins. 
start small and then all of a sudden the accounting cult gets the microphone that sounds like a uh (laughs) cults are in like all the um shows on netflix there's a bunch about cults right now i feel like they're in fashion every cult i found turned into sexual predators like Every every documentary yes, I read, it's always, always a fucking sex cult. It is. It's all about taking advantage of women, suppressing them. That's yeah, all religion always has been. That. I don't want to. That's do why that. I'm not going to get into the religious conversation. But I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, when I compared it to the God and the Devil, I was just trying to get some outer outer worldly figures into this real world example i didn't mean to take us down the cult or religious path that tends to put a sour puss on everything because it's always it's always about violence and sex at the end of the day though right like religious started crucifixions and wars but it all then the the sex cults too yeah and (laughs) money and violence well the one right now on netflix like the fundamentalist i mean they're basically impregnating girls when they're 12 13 years old because it's the will of god and having 78 wives well insane have you seen big love no hbo (laughs) that's a good one takes place in salt lake city guy has four wives Plain as day, like maybe three, maybe four. It was a while ago. Like the show's been off the air. I mean, it it finished. It was great. It was a great show. I'm not going to judge any cults. Yeah. I don't know any cult leaders, but I'm sure, you know, there's there's some redeeming factors to stuff that they did. Usually when you see a cult, everybody's enjoying themselves though. Nope. I mean, some people say they're brainwashed yeah. from the they- outside. But everybody's living their best life in the moment. They seem to be meditating and yoga right. and living with the earth and, you know, like always have a smile on. Like they're happy. They have community. That's what they grew up doing. They don't know any different. So yeah. it's not our place to judge. So I don't know. I want to create an accounting cult, but make it a joke too. Like that's part of it. Like it's not going to be a real cult, but it's like the right community and the right people that all are thriving and growing and like if we could be everything great about a cult except for all the deviants remove all the sexual deviants and all that other brainwashing crap um back to purpose <laughs> so do you oh, feel like how high are you today not really <laughs> not that high though like it's serving the higher power the lower power and serving the people right like what we can do within our reach to the people that we love or the people that are around us or the people that are like us that we can help and continue to grow creating that vision giving back practicing gratitude turning pain into purpose and being part of a community all of those i just googled and found how to find your purpose in life in 12 steps. And that's what those were. That, that was some of the steps. Instead of listening to this episode, you can just Google search. <laughs> accidentally, JK, JK. accidentally on purpose. So, Jed, I wanted to get your take on where you feel like your passion 
and your purpose intersect. You would always, so the where this pivots to you is people are the purpose. You know your purpose. I wanted to lead with this too. You've known your purpose forever. And you always repeat it. Every time you hear it, it's like, oh, wait, that's, the, that's my saying. You know it now. You're owning it now because you put it in your rap. But how about that? Yeah. Like your purpose, people are the purpose. Where do you get your most fulfillments? I get my most fulfillment when I'm with my accounting friends. Like when we're at conferences or we do our group trips, that's when I'm the absolute most happy because it combines my love for accounting and business ownership with my friends and being around people. And it's funny because I used to be really, really shy when I was younger, like wouldn't talk to people. And I still can be that way in new, like on one-on-one situations, but in a group setting, I feel much more comfortable. Confident. Especially if there's a couple of beers involved. But I get a lot of energy from that environment of like, especially meeting new people. And I just, I authentically feel more enjoy accepted learning. With accounting friends than with some people. With Probably. Beer. Yeah. I would say with accounting friends, I feel like it can be 100% myself. Like you were talking about wearing the backwards hat or whatever you're wearing. I totally feel the same way with my accounting friends. Like I can wear whatever the hell I want. I can say whatever I want. And there's no judgment there. Just like everyone. And that's what I love about our uh, accounting community too. It's like people, and we're just talking about religion, right? We have people from different religious backgrounds. We have people from different states, from different countries. And everyone's a little bit different. Everyone's an accountant at the end of the day. So we're a little bit weird and nerdy, but we just love hanging out and talking about business, but then also having fun together. Yeah. So like one day, you know, after I get tired of running momentum, I have to think about how can I combine that passion for hanging out with all my accounting friends and also the the some of the people that work at some of the apps we use. Love seeing those people. So I'd love to be they able to combine friends, those two things. Well, that's what? where I'm at. That those people are accounting friends too. Like it, it yeah. all counts. Anybody in this yeah, yeah. industry I, I consider in this them accounting friends is a friend. So, and I consider anybody that I look up to a friend. Hopefully, they would consider me a friend too. But anybody in this space up here, anybody in this bubble, I consider a friend. Like maybe they don't consider me a friend sometimes, but I consider everybody a friend. And when I when I changed my <laughs> mindset on that. Like that's when my life changed yeah. too, because nobody was really like out to get me or I wasn't out to get anybody. I wasn't competing to get first place in this or to be the best at this. Like that's how it used to be. And I've talked about that mindset shifting as well. Um, but that's also why I felt like I can contribute more. Like people aren't really judging me like Ackerman is. They're not saying I'm an idiot. Some people do actually value what I have to say. I value what everybody has to say because I got a lot to learn and I always will. Like there's always everybody and every individual, anybody, you can give me any accounting firm owner and they will have plenty of value to add on this podcast. I could have anybody come on and they will add some value because everybody has their thing. Everybody has something that they are great at in their life. And that's part of their purpose, I think. And helping people find that would be awesome. Like, I would love to go on that journey with anybody. 
and help them get closer to that and get them to enjoy every bit of it instead of convincing themselves that they enjoyed it or working until nine and your kids seeing you miserable right like yeah you know that's takes there's some risk right like i remember when i quit my job at the cpa firm i worked at i called my mom and i was like i quit my job like i was just over it and i had no other job lined up and we ended up getting in a fight because she was like is that a good thing you know and i was so angry because i thought that she was going to be excited for me because i was so excited and for her it was like that was stability that's a job and now like you live in san francisco all the reality side of it right Mm -hmm. uh you know you live in san francisco it's expensive there you have to pay your rent how are you going to do that and for me i wasn't thinking about that i was just thinking about i was ready for a change and i didn't know what and i knew this was like the catalyst that i needed in order to do the next thing i was like i need a fire under my ass to do something different and that was the only way to do it so you do have to take a little bit of risk sometimes to get to to find your purpose like you took a risk with the podcast mm-hmm. right you had you this could have been a complete flop you could have wasted a lot of time and then the more time that you've spent on it the more ideas you've had that it's turning into something now more than you probably ever would have imagined when you originally thought i want to start a podcast yeah well the podcast became the platform to find the purpose mixed with the passion and the project uh, i'm just trying to pull all the peas in again um pat podcast is the platform and then it becomes part of the larger platform as i continue to evolve and grow so i took some notes here talking to Blake today, he said that this podcast is made so you can build the lifestyle practice of your dreams. I don't know about the lifestyle part, but we're learning. Me and you and Ackerman and everybody that's part of this is learning from successful firm owners to learn what works, what doesn't work, so that we could build a better tomorrow for the accounting world. We're learning and we're disseminating that to the listeners so they can pick what they want to do and how they want to change their practice and how they want to build the firm for them. Whether it's a firm that scales up and grows and sales or a firm that that lives with them in harmony with their life. Trying to make the accounting world a better place. One ear at a time. Thanks, Scott. See you next time.